The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
What does Jesus want from you? What does Jesus want from you? I googled that question. I was astonished at the number of places, biblical, pastoral, different kinds of people tried to answer that question. But number one was a list of eight things that Jesus wants from you. Now, I warn you, before I share these with you, they are shallow. They are not accurate. This is not what Jesus wants from you. But I want to share it with you so that you get a taste for what worldly Christians think God wants from you. Number one on the list, he wants you to worry less. Number two, he wants you to spread the word of God's love. Number three, he wants you to be yourself, to be all you can be. Number four, he wants you to have gratitude. Number five, he wants you to do what is right. He wants you to strive and struggle until you get to heaven when finally you'll be made righteous. Number six, he wants you to be generous and give back to others. Number seven, he wants you to pray. And number eight, He wants you to accept him as your Savior. I read those eight things, and my heart was grieved. This is not what Jesus wants from you. Today, we're going to walk deeply into the Word of God in just one chapter of Scripture, John 17. And I'm going to show you what God wants from you and what Jesus wants from you. And you will be astonished by what you hear. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley. I pastor the National Prayer Chapel. And we had such an awesome time of worship together yesterday. I wish you could have been a part of it. One dear brother, Richard, came. He's been a regular listener for a long time. And, Richard, I'm sorry. I didn't get your last name, and I didn't recognize who you were. My brother, thank you for coming. You have written letters so faithfully. You have walked with me in this ministry for so long. I'm ashamed that I didn't press and find out what your last name was. I would have instantly known who you were then. But God bless you, my dear brother. I'm glad you were with us yesterday. I wish all of you could have been with us as we opened the Word of God. Now I want to read a letter to you, and then we'll go into the Scriptures. This letter comes from another regular listener, Pastor Ray Greenlee. Greetings in the name of Jesus. I've been fasting and praying. I'm walking in the wilderness or the desert. I feel like a wounded soldier or a casualty. Jesus declares that there are 
spirits that leave only by fasting and praying, pray for me. May the Holy Spirit bless me with supernatural faith. Do you know the surest sign that you are a true follower of Jesus Christ? It's that sometimes you will feel like a wounded soldier or a casualty. You will feel like you are walking in the wilderness or the desert. I'm going to make some very bold comments, and then we're going to pray together for this precious woman. When Jesus came and was baptized by John, the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What happened next? Did he head to Jerusalem and take over the ministry and announce his coming? No, he did not. Instead, the Holy Spirit, who had come down in his fullness upon Jesus, led him straight into the desert, straight into the wilderness. The surest sign that you are a true follower of Jesus Christ is that you will have desert time. You will have wilderness time. And you will feel like a wounded soldier, a casualty. Why is that so? Because when we walk into the wilderness, everything of this world, its power is broken from us. Now, we don't walk ourselves into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit leads us into that wilderness. And we are there. Yes, there we are attacked by the enemy, bitterly attacked. No true follower of Jesus has ever been able to avoid going into the wilderness. I've read countless stories of the early Christians, of revival. None of them were ever able to avoid the wilderness journey because that's where the world's illusions delusions are finally broken. And we see that we are not a part of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And all of the world is broken from our hearts. And as we come out through fasting and prayer to be used by the Holy Spirit, we are blessed by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And our testimony is strong. And yes, we stand by faith. We stand by faith on two words. One, the Logos word. That is the doctrine and the teachings of the Scripture. The Scripture is our foundation. It is it is what we turn to to be encouraged and enlightened. And secondly... The God-breathed words, the rhema words of God that come to us and give us very clear direction out of the scriptures. I'll give you an example. I believe it was last Wednesday night. I was awakened in the midst of the night. And I did as I often do. In the early hours of the morning, I went to the prayer closet. And something unusual happened. Usually, I'm in the prayer closet. I'm reading the word. I'm praying. 
And then I go back and I rest a little bit before my day begins. Or I don't, depending on what the Holy Spirit is moving in my heart. Before I left the prayer closet this time, however, the Holy Spirit spoke. He quoted these words of Scripture from 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verses 17 and 18. Therefore come out from them and be separate. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. He spoke that to me. And I immediately began to rejoice and pray, because the promise was that if I would touch no unclean thing, he would receive me. And what I've been desiring above all things was to be received by the Lord Jesus, by my Father. Now, what are the unclean things he does not want me to touch? Anything that's unclean, but especially anger, doubt, grumbling, accusations, unbelief. These are all unclean things. Now, I'm not struggling to not touch pornography or alcohol or tobacco or fornication. Those are not even a part of my mind. Those were taken many years ago. But now it's the inward cleansing, the second work of grace. He wants me to not touch those unclean things like anger or resentment, accusation, bitterness, grumbling, complaining, unbelief especially. So I've been rejoicing in the Lord. I've been saying, Lord, thank you. I will touch no unclean thing, and you have promised that you will receive me. And I know the receiving as it was with Jesus when he was baptized, meant the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that today out of John, the 17th chapter. Now, I want to be clear that this dear sister, who feels like a wounded soldier or a casualty, needs fellowship with other Christians who understand the desert journey. Many do not and say there is no such thing as the desert journey. Those who say that are either very immature in the faith. They don't understand what Jesus is doing. And they don't understand the preparation work for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. She is fasting and praying, but she acknowledges that she's walking in the wilderness or the desert. I wanted to share that letter for two reasons. One, I want you to join me in prayer for this dear saint. But secondly, I suspect that many of you, from listening to this broadcast and the conviction that comes by the Holy Spirit, are either now walking 
in that desert place as she is. And that desert place may last for years, or it may be a short time, depending on what the Lord needs to do in your life and what he's preparing you to do. For Moses, walking in the wilderness was 40 years herding sheep. For King David, it was, what, six or seven years in the desert, running for his life from King Saul. For Abraham, it was years walking in the, in the desert. There are desert places. For Jesus, it was only 40 days and 40 nights. I want to share this with you today, and John 17 especially, the part we will share, is for those of you who feel like you're in the desert, and you're not going to cheat. You are going to stand by faith, and you are not going to waver. You're going to ask others to pray for you, and you are going to cry out before God with fasting and prayer and total submission to Jesus. You see, as soon as you begin to give to the work of the gospel, as soon as you begin to fast and pray, the devil has a bullseye on your back, and he's going to come after you with everything he has. And that is okay, because Jesus has the victory. He's no longer in that tomb. He has arisen. He has conquered the world, the flesh, and the devil. And now he's working in your heart to prepare you for what he has for you to do for his kingdom. So would you join me in praying for this dear sister? Lord Jesus, I lift this precious sister up before you. Lord, she has, by her own testimony, been fasting and praying. And she is walking in the wilderness or the desert, and she has been wounded. Lord, she is a soldier for you, for the kingdom of God. And she feels like she's dying. Lord, I come today, and I first of all must say thank you for this precious believer. Thank you for leading her into the desert. Thank you for what you're doing in her heart to prepare her for the work you have for her to do. But Lord, now I ask that you would pour in the oil and the wine. I ask that you would bind up the wounds of her heart. I ask that you would give her great peace and confidence in you, Jesus, that no matter what it looks like on the outside, on the inside, your joy and your peace reign over her heart. Lord, would you come and meet her? And Lord, I pray this not only for this dear sister, but I pray this for every brother and sister who feels like they're walking in the wilderness, that they're walking in the desert, that they've been wounded, that they're a casualty, that they perhaps are even going to die in this desert. Lord, would you meet them today? Would you put your arms around them? We come by faith. And we command the devil, leave these precious ones alone. You have no authority over them. In the name of Jesus, would you bless them with supernatural faith 
but would you also give them a rhema word to stand on, a promise of Scripture, both a Logos word and a rhema word that they can stand by faith and not be moved. Lord, there are some listening to this broadcast who are so discouraged. They've even stopped going to church. Lord, I'm praying for every brother and sister who understands what the desert is. I'm asking that you would breathe into them the breath of life. I ask that you would breathe into them courage and strength for the journey. I ask that you would give them that supernatural power that they could walk through this desert resting in your arms. Lord, I've been in this desert for many, many years. And you spoke to me and said, wait upon the Lord. And then you said quickly, and I will carry you. Rest in me. Lord, I pray this word for each who is listening today who is serious about this Christian walk and they have discovered the the arrows of the enemy piercing them. Lord, would you dress them in the fullness of your protection, of your armor as described in Ephesians. Lord, give them that powerful shield of faith. Turn their eyes to you, Jesus, that they would see only you and not their circumstances. Would you guard them by your mighty power? Would you put a wall of fire around them and their home? And would you be the glory within? Lord, we thank you. We honor your precious name today. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and nothing is too hard for you. I praise you, Jesus, for the way you've been carrying me. I thank you, Jesus, for the way you've been carrying me in your arms. For I could not walk out of this wilderness. You will have to carry me out. Lord, the angels came and ministered to you in that garden of Gethsemane, or you would have died. They also came and ministered to you in the wilderness, or you would have died in that wilderness. Lord, some of us know that we will die in the wilderness. If you don't come and minister to us like the angels came and ministered to you, or some of us would die if you didn't send the angels as you did to Elijah and gave him bread and water in the desert. He was too tired from the journey. Lord, today would you strengthen your people? Would you encourage them? and those who are just about to get serious with you, that will enter into the desert for a time. Lord, would you encourage their hearts that they can trust you, that you are an awesome God. You are the lover of our souls, and not one will perish, that you will carry us through. I pray this in your mighty name. Amen. And amen. Now I'm going to teach the word. But if you know that you're in the desert today, 
and you would like me to pray for you, will you call? Because right now, praying for you is more important than my teaching. I'll have time to teach. I have all week to teach. But I just sense that some of you are so deep in the desert, your heart is discouraged, you've done your best, and it feels like the devil is winning. If you need personal prayer, call and talk with me, and I will pray for you right now. Call 877-534-0780. Our dear brother Kevin will take your call and he'll put you right through. Call 877-534-0780. Call quickly. Don't hesitate. Don't let the devil trap you. If you know you need prayer for your desert walk or you're terrified by what you're going through, would you call right now? 877-534-0780. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I will be happy to pray with you. Now let's go to the book of John, the 17th chapter. This is the prayer of Jesus, and we learn a great deal about what he wants from us. He will be speaking personally, one-on-one with the Father. And he's allowed the disciples to listen in on this prayer. And John records it for us. This is a prayer that he offered to the Father before he went into the Garden of Gethsemane. He begins, or we begin, in the 13th verse of John 17. He Good, put Alex through, would you? Hello, Alex. Yes, hey, Pastor Ray, how are you? God bless you, brother. God bless you. How, bless can, you. I, how can I pray for you? Um, I think you know my circumstances. Uh, you, you could just pray. Uh, um, I know, I just said you just know a lot about my situation. I just ask you to just pray as you feel led. I will. Lord... My brother Alex loves you with all of his heart. And he has been walking faithfully before you. Lord, he is facing, he is facing death. His heart is giving out. He's done all the medical work. They're trying to find a new heart. But Lord, I know you're the best physician any man could have. And I know that Alex, as he goes through this devastating time in his life, a time he never expected to go through, Lord, as he walks through this time, physically, depression comes, discouragement comes, hopelessness comes, 
Lord, I speak now in your name, Jesus. And I command this heart to be healed by your power. I stand by faith for Alex, for his heart. Lord, you're doing a work in him. You have humbled him. You have taken from him almost everything he has. He's lost his home. He's lost his truck. Lord, you have dealt with him yet with great mercy because he is alive and his heart is filled with love for you, Jesus. I'm asking now that you would flood his heart with courage. I'm asking, Lord, that you would flood his heart with belief that every doubt would be cast aside. I'm asking that you would fill his heart with joy that today would be a day to celebrate your incredible love for him. For, Lord, you are preparing him for eternity. But I know you're not finished with him. So, Lord, I speak in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we're going to trust you. And we're going to wait upon you. Lord, thank you for Alex's faithfulness, both in listening and in supporting this broadcast. And I ask today that your fullness would flood his heart and that you would finish this work of preparing him for eternity and for the work you've called him to accomplish while he is yet here. I speak against discouragement and unbelief and command it to depart. Lord, I ask for supernatural faith to flood his soul. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. God bless you, Alex. I've been praying for you. I did this morning in the prayer closet, and I will continue praying. I hope to see you soon. Okay, God bless you, my brother. I love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. If you'd like me to pray for you today, call 877-534-0780. I would love to spend the entire broadcast just praying with my brothers and my sisters who recognize the desert walk, who want to stand by faith, who want deliverance in the name of Jesus, healing in the name of Jesus, restoration in the name of Jesus. Is that you? Then call right now, 877-534-0780. Are there any other calls, Brother Producer? Okay. Again, John 17, verse 13. Jesus is praying to the Father. I am coming to you now. But I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, that is, your logos, 
and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. What does Jesus want of you? He wants you not to be a part of the world. He wants you to separate yourself from all uncleanness. He wants you. Now watch. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. That's what I was praying for my dear brother Alex and for my sister Leslie. That Jesus will protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Now listen, this is what Jesus wants from you. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. That sanctify them by the logos, by the doctrine, by the teachings that Jesus has given. By those teachings, the truth. He spoke the truth. He did not lie. He's saying, Hagiadzo. He's saying, make them holy. Make them holy. Never in the New Testament is Hagiadzo used in the future tense. There is a future tense, but never does it speak in Scripture of a future time of making us holy. It's always in the present tense. Make them holy now. Sanctify them by the truth. Sanctify them now. Make them holy. God wants you, Jesus wants you to be holy right now. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. He's saying, I want them to go out into the world like you sent me into the world. Not to be destroyed by the world, not to be captured by the world, but to walk out in the world as Jesus did and lift up the gospel of Jesus Christ everywhere you go. He's asking that you be protected from the evil one. He wants you protected. He wants you to be totally sanctified, to be made holy through and through. Now, we're going to deal more with this later in this week, but let me state very clearly what he's talking about. He's talking about being converted and leaving all sin, but now he's speaking about those who have left their sin And he's saying, sanctify them. He's saying, do a second work of grace in my my dear disciples and in those who will believe in me through them. Remove every part of uncleanness from the Adamic nature, from the old Adam nature. Remove everything from them. Sanctify them through and through. Sanctify them wholly. Make them holy. Hebrews 12, 4, without holiness. No one will see the Lord. This is a necessary work for you to enter into kingdom of God. Verse 18, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. 
For them I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. He was sinless. What's he talking about? He's saying, I sanctify myself. I set myself apart for the holy task of being the atoning sacrifice for their sin. I set myself apart. I choose to go to the cross. I choose to be sanctified, made holy, that is, set apart for this special task. That they too may be truly sanctified, made holy, for the special task of being the disciples of Jesus Christ in this world. I fear for some of you, for you still think this world is about you getting ahead. You still think it's about you achieving. You have ambition. You have dreams. You have, whoa, I'm already this old and I haven't accomplished anything yet. I better get going. You want to be somebody. You want to be recognized as somebody great. Jesus wants to sanctify you. He wants to put you on the cross. You see, Jesus lived out his life without sin, and then he went to the cross for us. But now, and we'll move to it probably tomorrow, in the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, we find that we begin our walk with Jesus by going to the cross. There is a cross for Jesus that he bore, and he died on that cross for you and me. And now there's a cross for you and me that we must die on for Jesus. Only the crucified will enter into the kingdom of God. It is not enough for you to go and kneel at the cross. You have to go through that cross and be resurrected as Jesus was. We celebrated Jesus' incredible resurrection Now be crucified with him and enter into his resurrection and into the ministry of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Be sanctified utterly, totally, completely for Jesus. Verse 20, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's me. That's you. If you believe in Jesus Christ today, you believe because of the message the disciples gave to us, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the books of the Bible. He's saying, I pray for those who will believe in me through their message. I want you to hear this. We have an intercessor in heaven prays for us. He prayed for us as he was going to the cross. He continues in the headquarters of the tabernacle in heaven, interceding and ministering to us and directing the process of salvation for the whole human race if they will but believe and be crucified with Christ and be resurrected in his mighty power.
Sometimes it takes the wilderness to finish that crucifixion. No, always it takes the wilderness to finish that crucifixion. When we come to Christ, we leave all sin. As we walk with Christ, the crucifixion is finished and the old Adam nature is destroyed. Verse 21, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The way the world will know that we are sent by Jesus, the way the world will know that Jesus is who he says he was, is not by facts. They will know by the unity they see amongst those who are included as the crucified Christians who have given up their ambitions and their self-love, who have totally turned their hearts unto Jesus, and they worship him alone. And we're on mission for Jesus. This is the most exciting thing in all of Scripture. This is the grand conclusion to the atoning blood of Jesus being shed on Calvary, and that is the resurrection. Have you been raised with Christ yet? Have you been seated with him in heavenly places? Are you touching unclean things so that Jesus cannot receive you? That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus wants us to be walking in complete love and unity, one with each other, not separating, not arguing, not debating non-essential issues, but walking with integrity, not walking in any known sin, walking clean by the shed blood of Jesus. That's what he's calling us to, to be sanctified, made holy. Because without holiness, no one will see the Lord. We have to be made holy. Now, verse 22 is shocking. I have always heard preachers say, you cannot share in the glory of God. Don't try to share in the glory of God. I want to read the scripture to you. Verse 22, this is John 17, 22. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and that have that have loved them even as you have loved me. What's he saying? What glory has Jesus given to us? The glory of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The glory of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Receiving us as we touch no unclean thing and baptizing us in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the glory of God, the Shekinah glory of God, coming down 
as we worship our Lord. And as we walk in unity, one with another. Not judging one another. Not criticizing one another. Not walking in bitterness or anger. Walking at peace with the brothers and the sisters who have been crucified with Christ who have departed from their pride and their anger, who have departed from all bitterness, who are walking clean. The glory, I have given them the glory that you gave to me. I want to show you that glory. When Jesus came to be baptized, he had not yet performed according to scripture, one miracle. It was not until he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit after coming up out of that water, the dove descending upon him, the Holy Spirit coming and resting upon him. And now suddenly he's led into the wilderness. When he comes out of that wilderness, he begins to preach repentance. He begins to heal the lepers. He, he restores the sight to the blind. He raises the dead from the grave. Jesus now is filled with the glory of God, the Holy Spirit. He says, I've given them the glory that you gave me. In other words, the Holy Spirit comes and takes possession and takes charge. He needs a body to work in. He needs a heart to pump in. He needs, he needs a human agency. And Jesus wants to sanctify us, to make us holy, to set us apart. To come to us in that wilderness experience, to encourage us and to tell us, don't despair, don't give up, stand by faith supernatural faith, and God will come and minister to you. Lord, I just, I cry aloud that today you would move out over this listening congregation, that they would know your Holy Spirit presence, that if they're in the midst of the wilderness, that they are in the midst of your hand, that you love them and are carrying them, that they can trust you to carry them all the way through this wilderness experience. Lord, build them up. Don't let the devil tear them down. Don't let them give in to any temptation. Lord, preserve your people today. Speak words of encouragement to their hearts. Lord, you are the Almighty. You are the King of Kings. Nothing is too hard for you. Lord, let your will be done in each who is listening. Lord, thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm here to pray for you. If you'll call 877-534-0780, I will pray for you if you are walking in the wilderness, in the desert place, 
where it seems that everything is failing and you don't know if you can survive what you're going through, can I pray for you? Call right now, 877-534-0780. I'm Pastor Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Call and I'll pray. And God will answer. And he'll restore you. He'll carry you through this wilderness. Now verse 23. I and them and you and me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. Jesus tells us that the Father loves you as much as he loved Jesus. Now that's some awesome love. Oh, that's some awesome love. Father, I want those that you have given me to be with me. What does Jesus want? He wants you to be with him. Where I am, I want them to be. I want want them to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you. I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Jesus wants from you that you would receive his love and let him dwell in you and let him give you victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Be encouraged, my brother, my sister. God hears our prayers. God sees our tears. God loves you as much as he loved Jesus. What an awesome truth. Well, we're almost out of time for this broadcast today. We're coming to the end of the month. We're a long ways from being able to pay the radio bill yet. I need to hear from you. Would you help? Would you give hilariously? Write to Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And I praise God for each of you who has already sent a check or cash, or you've gone online to nationalprayerchapel.com and you've given online. One dear sister always gives online, and it always encourages my heart, and I pray for her. Please, if the Holy Spirit moved in your heart today and you recognize that this broadcast needs to remain on the air, would you help me pay this month's radio bill? All that you send will go for the radio bill. It's almost $4,000 this month. Write to me, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. 22195. 
Now, you're also welcome to come and join in the worship at the National Prayer Chapel. We are a house church. We are not an institutional church. We are filled with prayer and praise and sharing and accountability. We look carefully at the word. You're welcome to come and be a part. If you'd like to come and visit, call me, 703-489-1783. My brother, my sister, it's been a rich time together in the spirit. I pray you're encouraged. I'd love to hear from you. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. With great joy. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory. With great joy.